they say that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for, if not for shedding? I'm the number one fan. We all go a little mad sometimes. God, it knows I'm here. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Sports show with Billy Gray. Like I'll be honest, there were times when um, I was kind of like, if I was interested in the subject, or if I understood it right off the bat. Yeah, I was um, kind of the same way. Yeah, if I if it didn't interest me, then I, I was out. And as a matter of fact, there was no better. I guess description of that dichotomy than than when uh, English class started involving literature, because it used to be reading was a class and then yeah. English was a class, and I would ace English and just do miserably in literature because I just I wasn't a reader. I'm still not a yeah, reader. I wasn't a reader either. I mean, yeah, I'm still not. And like, I love fucking I love superheroes, and it's it sucks that I'm such a bad reader because I want to read all these awesome comics. <laughs> yeah. There's so much I'm missing out on, man. Like I, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big fan of the whodunit, you know, the mystery novel, especially okay. like the, the Agatha Christie type stuff. And I didn't, that didn't even hit me until like my older years. Um, you know, I'm 40 now. So that probably started when I was, I don't know, like 35. Honestly, it was whenever uh, Kenneth Branagh came out with um, Murder on the Orient Express. Okay, and so like, so I'm turning 30 this year. So now I'm turning 30, I'll get more into books, is what you're saying? I think so. I mean, it, it might be a, a few years, and, and it might be a different version of your midlife crisis. But <laughs> but that's what mine's been. And I, I guess I'm lucky I didn't, you know, didn't shave my head or, you know, go and just get tatted the fuck up or you not make a feature film with your with your buddies <laughs> not yet that's coming but <laughs> i mean it's, it's not really coming i'm, I'm I've, I've just now sat down to mess around with a screenplay oh nice uh, yeah last time you were talking about wanted to make a movie so that sounds awesome well listen between that yeah between now and then i've actually sat down i've put a couple of things on paper um you know got a, a few people like as inspiration you know not necessarily like i'm gonna like ask this person to because I'm one of those people who like assumes that nobody wants to do a thing for me. Yeah. If I, I ask them to do it. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it, it sucks to be that way. But like when uh, I think about the, the killer, you know, I think about a specific person that we both know. I think about uh, the uh, the protagonist and I think about certain people that we know. Um, I think about the setting and I think about a place that I could actually go to tonight. And like there's there's so much assum uh, assumptioning going on that I don't want to be assumptioning. I want to just, yeah, just gotta you know, just do it. I mean, most of the time people are just gonna, they're going to say yes. Do you think you know? so? Yeah. I mean, like I always have that same fear to you. Like I'm always worried about like, I don't know, like, like it takes me forever to show people what I've done or like what I'm doing. I don't know. Like, yeah. Cause I assume that people, nobody wants to do it. Like right now you have me a guest on your podcast. I, nobody asks me to be on a guest, you know? I got to have five different podcasts just so I can 
talk to people. You know? that, but that's I mean, wild yeah. though, because like you've got a skill set that I just never have on here. Like and, sound and, guy? Yeah, and, and it's yeah. one that I'm interested in. Like I almost feel oh, inadequate okay. having you on because really? I don't have an yeah, because I don't have enough like knowledge. Like God, I really hate recycling stories on this podcast because yeah, like I'm just assuming that if you heard, you know, one podcast and you've heard another. But um the the fact that I'm at the point where I am unconsciously incompetent when it comes to sound. <laughs> And it you means sound good to me. The mic looks pretty good. Well, hey, it glows. That's about all I can really <laughs> tell you, you know? And it tilts. Look at this. See that? Oh, look at that. It, it tilts. So you can't really fuck with me right now. But th this, the, uh, the thing about it is I just don't know the questions to ask to get to the information that I want to know. And, well, but if anybody can tell me, you can tell <laughs> me, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, sounds like, it wasn't something that like I, I went to even school for. Like it just, I kind of like fell into it. Like I went to film school for directing, and then you no, know, we also worked as these other's crew members. And I didn't, I don't, know, I didn't like being a gaffer or a grip, and I didn't want to work with cameras. So I just kind of me and my sound teacher were friends, and I just learned sound through that, and then got on somehow turned into work after film school. <laughs> What's wild you say that because when I saw that you went to the New York Film Academy, is yeah. that the right name? Yeah. So, um, like, I guess if you don't go to NYU, that's the place to go for film. Yeah. Is I it? mean, for me, it, because what I went for was a two year, it was a one year intensive course. So it was a whole year, no breaks. And it's just like learning set work. And I was like, perfect. Cause I was already, I don't know, I said out earlier, we talked about being, I was a shitty student. So I didn't like, after high school, like I did like kind of all right in high school. And then I didn't go to college after my, when I, right when I graduated and then I tried to go to like community college and I was just so fucking, I was just miserable, you know? And then I don't know film is the passion. I didn't think I could do it. And then found this school, somebody at a party once was like, Hey, you heard about this school. And then I applied for it and then yeah, got in. It's funny how that works. You know, you, you assume like I can't do this unless I have somebody sit down and formally show me like I yeah. can't just have a buddy come over because I don't trust my buddy enough to not leave holes in the lessons. Right. I don't know yeah, where my friends were because I grew up in Long Island. If I try to get them to do you know, any sort of movie, it have been terrible. I would have never made anything. I tried. To have yeah. You guys would have been out in your backyard cosplaying the Warriors or something. You yeah. don't want to you don't want to do that. You definitely don't want to do that. No, but in, in seriousness, it's like people leave blind spots, you know, and mm -hmm. like we have, you know, friends who um, like Brandon Bassam. He has yeah. his uh, his I screenwriting. I did sound on one scene and bringing the damned. <laughs> yeah, so I did read that. I was going to ask you about that, but he's doing his uh, screenwriting course. And I was like, see, that's the kind of thing I need. Like, I need somebody to. Yeah, and he's a great writer. So it's not. And I know. um my friend, Nicole, who's also on my podcast, she took his class, too, and she loved it. Hey, before I get in trouble for mispronouncing the last name, what is that last name? Matarese. Matarese. Good goddess. Was it wasn't even close to how I was going to say it. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm just assuming, you know, without assuming that eventually all you schmucks are going to be on this podcast. I'm going to beg you all to. to oh, I hope here. so. Yeah. And she's great. You know, she was a friend from Long Island. I actually roped her into all this nonsense. See? Like I knew her before film school, before anything, and just roped her into everything. <laughs> I mean, that's great, though. You have to do that. 
I mean, you, you want to do things with your friends. Like my very best yeah. friend, you know, in the world, he's, uh, you know, we're into different things. He's tried to rope me into coming on to help him coach football. Like maybe, uh, you know, do the defense or the offense or whatever yeah. it was he wanted me to do. But like, you know, I'm, I, that's not flying. I, that's just not me. I would do a favor for him yeah. if he needed me like in a pinch as long as but, it's not some sort of like Ponzi scheme or, you know, then, then you can tell your friends where I need to recruit two coaches as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. I, I could never, but I mean, I, I do love sports, but do I love it enough to like take people's kids who I don't love and teach them <laughs> to, yeah, uh, teach to them play a sport? Them, yeah. And yeah, I, I don't know that I have a, the patience be the time uh, or see the desire to do it, you know, yeah. but I want to do things with, with my friend, you know, my best friend and, like what I eventually did was I had a different podcast called uh, Slashers and Screamers. We did that for about a year and where we would just take films that we randomly chose out of the air and do yeah, kind of a hu yeah, humorous comical review of it. Didn't want to be too serious. At times it came off as serious. I didn't want it to ever be serious, but it, it did kind of seem that way at times. Um, and then it just kind of ran its course and that stopped and, you know, I'm back doing this thing for uh, yeah, Slasher Sports, which is what, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you have to do things like that, but you you want to bring your friends along. And it's good that you did that yeah. with Nicole. And um, yeah, then her being also getting along with my trauma friends too. So it just kind of was just, I don't know, we did the podcast. I just kind of threw everyone kind of at each other, even though Leo and Ben knew each other. Sure. Um, and, it, you know, it was still like, not like all of us really hung out and talked like that all the time. And now it's been like two years all of us meeting every week on Skype and we still have yet to even do one show in person. So it's just crazy to me. And yeah. And working with your friends is just, I don't know. It's awesome. You know, like even with Ben work, I've worked with my friends on other productions that aren't even like our productions and it's never as fun, you know, and it's just like, I'd rather work for nothing than at least be with my friends than something terrible. That's paying well. Yeah. I, I can get down that. And when you bring up your podcast, we're talking about totally tunular. Yeah. Yes, totally tunular. Yeah, no tell me about it. Episodes. Um, I mean, it started off because I was trying to work on this cartoon for like, I'm still working on it with my brother. But um, we kind of hit a point where we kind of hit a wall because, you know, animation is pretty hard. And we just I, we made a concept. I didn't like it. So we spent a little money. So we're like, all right, we got to like relax a bit. But when I watch when I work on shit, I tend to watch things that are like exist around it. So I was watching more animated stuff and i wanted to but i didn't want to stop you know like i was having too much fun watching batman the animated series so i was like but i can't just you know be in my 30s and just keep watching batman and so i was like what if i like convince my friends to come on and like leo we always talked about doing a podcast together um when we started at trauma same with ben ben was like the dude i always talked to with about podcast and nicole i always talked to about every other movie and show so it was like let's see if these people will do it and my main goal was 10 episodes. I was like, let's just let's just get through 10 episodes. You know, everyone was like, well, what if we, we can do this YouTube? We can make some merch. We do all this. I was like, right, let's just do 10. And then here we are now almost two years, 100 episodes. It's crazy. And it's amazing. I just love it. Like, you know, there's not a lot of stakes. We don't really make any money, but I hope hopefully soon, you know. Well, th this like you just said, though, I mean, it's a labor of love, first yeah. of all. And if you can't do it for, you know, for that, then it's not really worth doing it's, it's great to know that like adults do love cartoons because we've had like a bunch of guests on too like you can come on too uh sometime you know when we start scheduling guests again soon and just hearing all these different people who come on and all these awesome different opinions and we've gotten 
we have had guests who usually let our guests pick the shows and they've picked shows I never thought I would even watch in my life or I thought, oh, that's not going to hold up anymore. It's going to suck. Like, what was it? We watched, there was a show on Amazon called Undone. Like, you ever hear of that show? Never. Right. It's not, like, I had no idea what it was, but it stars Bob Odenkirk. And, but we watched it and it was amazing. And I would have never watched it if the guest who came on didn't recommend it. So, well, I mean, I'm in already. I love Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. And it's all rotoscope too. So they kind of like film the show and then they rotoscope over. All and this is old? This is an old? That was brand new. It came out like two years ago. What? <laughs> yeah, and the second season just came out too. See, this is the problem with me that if it's not horror, I kind of write it off, you know? Um, and that was the other I, thing too. I was watching a lot of horror, you know, I'm a big horror guy. And so when I started watching more cartoons, I was like, well, I don't know. I got to get this shit out of my brain so I can keep watching, you know, kind of both stuff. Yeah. So, well, hey, if, if the guests are picking the show, if you guys haven't done... Well, do you do old cartoons or just like everything? Uh, we have uh, we're open to everything. My only rule: we have one rule, and it's no anime. Oh yeah, I, w- I wouldn't dare. If you cross that line, I mean, I like anime too, but you cross that line, you don't come back from it, you know. Yeah, you. Uh, if you even offered, it would be a hard no. Yeah, <laughs> I, because like my favorite anime is Bugs Bunny. Okay, that's that's where yeah. I am. And we've done, um, we've done Looney Tunes before. Well, hell, if if uh, you ever found time to do Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. Oh, we have not done that yet. And I've Fuck never yeah. Seen See, I'm, I'm with that because I used to eat that shit up. I would have to go back and, you know, re-binge it. Yeah. But um, yeah, like f- from the, the teenage years and the childhood, I could talk wrestling all day. And oh, in an animated form, it's, you know, it, it was the tits, man. I'm telling yeah, you. It, I wish there was more wrestling. I was trying to, like, find, like wrestling cartoons and that was like literally the only one i found that and like there yeah there is something though um it was on the wwe network i don't know if it's still a thing i i don't really watch the wwe network anymore since it's like moved to peacock for the my friend has peacock so i just watch it for the pay-per-views yeah the pay-per-views exactly uh you can leave it alone all month and watch a pay-per-view and it's paid for itself and you know threefold or whatever but they used to have something like um it was like a storyteller type oh, thing. Oh, yes, because Ric Flair got in trouble. They pulled it because of Ric Flair. <laughs> Is that why they pulled it? Yeah, well, they pulled an episode. I know that because there's one of him on a plane talking about like stripping naked. And they yes. Did, like, an animated sequence of it. And then, you know, the dark side of the ring. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, th- there's that yeah. one that's telling the road stories. Yeah. The road and then there was stories, another yeah. one called like Camp WWE. Where oh, like- I, yes, I do. I try to watch that when I came out. I don't know. It's ho- It was probably the worst thing I've ever seen. Like, oh after. yeah i mean uh, without a doubt I, th- I think the the whole model for wwe and why the e went into wwe other than the fact that you know what was it the world wildlife foundation or whatever it was yeah whatever yeah <laughs> like when of course they took the name but yeah. like the e you know stands for entertainment vince mcmahon has always 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 wanted to do more than wrestling which is why he had um he had a music company for a while uh, I named know, after I mean, one of his I, kids. I've seen his music video before. Oh yeah, they used to do the music videos all the yeah. time, and that's why the rock and wrestling connection happened. Yeah. You know, he wanted to get in, you know, get his foot in that door. And then there was WWE, WWE films, um, which oh, yeah. before it even had WWE films in theaters when it came out. The Marine. Okay, so go back even further to No Holds Barred with uh, Hulk Hogan and Zeus, uh, which <laughs> was a tiny uh, uh, yeah R- blister. R- yeah, R.I.P. Tony Lister, man. He was a fantastic guy. Yeah. 
Um, they brought him in too, right? Then they bring him in as the character. They brought him in as the fictional character that was written even after he had been in like numerous films. Like I know this guy. He's in credits as a completely different name. It was never Zeus. <laughs> it was quite the opposite. It was Tiny Lister and they just but said Hulk Hogan was still Hulk Hogan. He wasn't even right. He wasn't even. The yeah, character. he they may have used his first name. Like they might have said Terry Hulk Hogan as Rip. Yeah. But they didn't like the fact is his last name isn't Hogan, it's Balea. So like yeah. if you're gonna <laughs> go with the actor role, you give it a little bit of reality and call him Terry. But that's why John Cena's lucky, you know, you can just use his name. Is that is that his his real last name? Yeah, as far as I've known. I mean, I've looked it up, you know, someone else could I've never heard any name. different. Yeah. I know if you go, I don't know if it's still there. What am I? If you go on John Cena's Wikipedia, it says like his name, John Cena, and then it says in Mexico, Juan Cena. <laughs> God, <laughs> that is crazy. Because Santa is uh, is a Spanish word, it means dinner. So I'm surprised they didn't do anything with that. Oh yeah, that, that that's clever though. I like that. Yeah, someone do that on Wikipedia. But yeah, I mean, you know, good for him to have that name and not have to like have a different wrestling persona. Yeah, because McMahon would do that, and yeah, like, basically. Yeah, with everybody, anybody that comes in, no matter how established you are, um, if your name isn't Ric Flair, you're basically going to have to. Do you get... still keep up with everything going on? Do you still watch wrestling at all? Nah, I'll watch the pay-per-views like with, you know, my, my, my best friend James. James. You know, there's like the famously right now, there's Pete Dunn, who's fucking superstar. And they butch. It's butch, yeah, they fucking bring him up as Butch and put him in like a wife beater and like straps and, like, <laughs> and a little pants. rascal's hat. Yeah. And it's it's like, bananas what? because like I could understand if he was in a rival company, made his name, and they want to bring him over to trademark a new name. Yeah, I get it. If you want, if you're that anal about copyrights, um, yeah, yeah. So like I could understand if they did that with like rival companies bringing yeah. somebody who you can trademark but they're doing it within within their own company yeah, they've built up pete dunn for like how many years now <laughs> like he literally right. started to get like 20 the bruiser weight yeah pete dunn and then they do it with uh listen the most egregious form that they've done this with is when they did this with la knight oh okay. yeah. yeah yeah so la yeah. knight was actually an nwa um Right, yeah, he was before... crushing it. Yeah, I remember seeing all absolutely the, um, yeah. crushing it. Uh, he was Eli Drake, and Eli he Drake. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the hottest thing in NWA, or at least the up and coming. He hadn't yet won any titles or anything like that, but you could tell. And that's like, why he got signed because he was blowing up. You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. But then COVID happened, and when they basically had to shut down operations for you know months or whatever it was. Um, they lost everybody. They lost Thunder Rosa. They lost Eli Drake. They lost Ricky Starks. Damn. Um, who, they lost everybody, basically, except for the guys who were really loyal to the company, like a Nick Aldis. But I mean, that not not to go too crazy into the, the wrestling yeah, thing. Yeah. When WWE signed Eli Drake, I never Drake, get to talk about wrestling. I never get guests on who talk about. Like, I literally never talk about wrestling on a podcast ever. Well, you know, I had a wrestling podcast, but it was NWA, and it really didn't get hot. People, you know, just they don't support indie wrestling like they should. They don't, you know, support That's indie true. film I mean, like I, they should. I try to support. You know, we get a couple. We get a lot of hardcore wrestling out here, and then there's like something called Outlaw Wrestling, which is like an indie promotion 
So I always try to go out and support when I can, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, they're creators of their own path, you know? And like, who says we have to stick to the monopolized, you know, companies? Uh, like sometimes the backyard, I don't want to call it backyard wrestling, but these outlaw mud shows, like they call them, you know, or yeah. they can be fun. I went to a pay-per-view, uh, an NWA pay-per-view not long ago, um, the Crockett Cup. It was, it was a few pay-per-views ago, but it was right here in Nashville. It was a two-night event. It was fantastic. Um, saw more talent in the NWA that I'd seen because I was just picking it back up. And I had the, the absolute best Cardona time. the champ? Uh, who was the champ? Cardona was the champ. Yes. <laughs> he, yeah. He was being challenged by Aldis, but the main thing Long Island homie, you know, that's grew, a fact. Grew up, he grew up around uh, where I was uh, living Long Island, man. He might be my favorite guy in NWA right now, but he was defending against Nick Aldis with, um, Jeff Jarrett. Who's a, a local guy here. Yeah. Um, Jeff Jarrett. Course. Yeah, he, yeah, from from Hendersonville, Tennessee. He was uh, the special guest ref. They had a screw job finish, or not really a screw job finish, but like a, a a weird Dusty Rhodes finish. But it was still the best thing ever. The Crockett Cup was really the attraction. Like mm-hmm. all these tag teams, who won the, the the Crockett Cup? The Briscoes. Briscoes, nice. Yeah, so they won it. Um, at the time, the tag champs were uh, La Rebellion, yeah, Michael Wolf, and. Uh, Damian's kid, uh, Bestia Say Say Say, but they were the champs and they got put out in the semifinals. They didn't even make it to the finals, so it made it really interesting story wise. And um, it was Davy Boy Smith's kid and Doug Williams who made it to the finals. Yeah, okay. Which yeah, yeah. makes me think Nick Aldis was originally scheduled to make it to the finals, but he got pulled. He was supposed to be the partner of Doug pulled. Williams. Was he injured? Or? No, he. Who got pulled out of the main event? from facing Cardona. Somebody was supposed to face Cardona and got pulled. Yeah, I, guess I remember, yeah. And then Aldis took over, and I can't remember who it was. Um, I don't think it was... It was Murdoch. Oh, it my, doesn't I, matter. I remember, I think V got injured at one point, right? At a certain point, Murdoch? Maybe, but somebody had somebody yeah. had to step out. Aldis stepped in. It was a great main event. Did you um, go to uh, Ric Flair's last match in Nashville? I, di- I did. I did. did. I, I usually don't go like? to big I events watched, like that. Yeah, it, it was a whole clusterfuck, man. Um, <laughs> it, it was a great show, first of all. Okay, because like there was a lot they threw of a lot um, at you. That whole like card leading up was just like, let's just throw all these names and tag teams. Just throw everyone. They threw yeah. Out. So you, they had people come from everywhere: Ring of Honor, um, Triple A, uh, Lucha Libre. Um, actually, I'd tell you who was there. Uh, Killer Cross was there. Oh, um, and this was just yeah a cup of coffee yeah, before he, was, he yeah. resigned because he still was yeah he wrestled actually down the block from me it was like a brewery that hosts wrestling shows and i was like killer cross is there that's sick because he had like just i haven't you know he's been off tv for a couple months and i was like you, he's right down the block so surprising how much they get around like if if you kept up with one promotion like that was local yeah and then you happen to go on vacation somewhere and somebody said, hey, man, I got a couple of wrestling tickets. You want them? I'm not going. You might see people that you see locally. Yeah, I wish I could remember the wrestler's name. So I apologize, whoever it is. But Ben Johnson, one time, we were working on this movie um, called The Reenactment out in uh, Nashville. And we had a day off. And there was an indie wrestling show going on in Kentucky. It wasn't like too far of a drive. There was like 30, whatever minutes it was. And then 
we go there and I see this tag team wrestle. And then I now skip to like months later, I'm in Queens going to MLW. And then one of those dudes who was a tag team there is on MLW. I was like, what? That's I literally saw him in a VFW hall. And here he is like in the semi big, you know, arena. In Queens. Yeah. Well, it's second tier. At yeah. least it might not be like top tier, like WWE and AEW, but well, it's MLW, definitely that, second. Yeah. It's you know, like the next okay, level yeah. down. Yeah. That's wild. You, I mean, they, they they travel like the carnival, man. I bet. I mean, you know, luckily too, working on we're in the share curse of the curse of the wear deer. Uh, a couple of wrestlers worked on that movie, and so it was just I love just talking to wrestlers and picking their brain. Like actually, the reenactment, uh, James Storm was one of the actors on it. He was like the lead killer in the movie. So and James Storm is a dude I watched growing up watching TNA Impact, and I had his action figure. So he just showed up on set one day, and I just. I love just asking him questions all day about wrestling. And then he signed a beer bottle for me. <laughs> he's from he's from here. I believe um, yeah. maybe not Murfreesboro, Tennessee, but maybe like Brentwood or something. Yeah, I, he drove up the set every day. So I'm assuming he lived somewhere around. Oh, there. you were talking about here. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, Nashville. My bad. Yeah, it was in Nashville. I mean, I was down in Nashville working with Ben and James Storm. He's like, oh, we got a wrestler today. And then James Storm shows up. Was set. that on the 48th? No, this was a feature we did called the reenactment back in like summer of 2019. You said the reenactment. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that that's that's wild though because first of all, yeah, Nadia is doing her thing. Um, Nadia, yeah, she just announced she was wrestling. It's crazy because she told me about it. I remember when she was starting off. She was just like, "Oh yeah, I'm getting into this wrestling thing. I can't wait to do it." And then I saw her post about it. Yeah, like a week or two ago, whatever it was. I was like, "That's sick. I wish I can go." I saw like an unrelated tweet. Like it wasn't tagged in it. Um, I don't even know if I don't know if she shared it honestly, but I saw it on Twitter and I was like, Jesus, Nadia is everywhere. Like she's, you know, she's doing her, you know, she's doing her own thing. She's got a path that is like unique. Awesome to work with. Uh, Like on weird deer, like she was just great. You know, that's what Ben said. Like she was like next level when it came to, you know, ideas and as like a sound guy, you know, part of my job is I have to mic up actors, you know, I got to like touch them all over and put the wire around them and like tape it up on them. And sometimes, yeah, you know, I don't be all right. Yeah. And but even sometimes I don't put it in the right spot. So I have to like go back and like fix it, but she's always cool about it. She let me just, you know, do whatever to fix the mic and like didn't ask questions like, Hey, I got to fix it. And she fixed it. And you know, if it didn't fit, I can hide it somewhere else around her. And it was just, sure. Yeah. She was just awesome. And it was always a good time. It was always telling jokes. She likes to make fun of me because my favorite band is Sum 41. So all she does is like just rip on me Sum 41 jokes all day. I, I'm probably on her side with this one. Probably on her side. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, you know, just spitballing. So this tell me fun. about that, um, that that milestone you got coming up, the, the 100, uh, 100th episode. What what date is that going to fall on? Do you have uh, something j- nailed yeah. down? January 4th. Um, yeah, live. January 4th. It's going to be on YouTube. It's going to be on Twitch. It's going to be on Facebook. Um, every, the next couple of weeks, I'm announcing more stuff. You know, we're trying to build up to it. We're calling it the live episode. What was it? Totally tune your 100th live extravaganza. So there's gonna be a bunch of shit going on. You know, we're gonna have a lot of stuff. I, I can't announce it yet because I'm trying to progress it. But there's a sure. poll right now on our Instagram, or when you listen, whenever this comes out, there's the poll still gonna be there. We're letting people vote on what show we're gonna watch. So we have. Oh yeah, I'm I, I'm gonna keep an eye out for that. Yeah, I mean you can vote right now. You, um, we have it's between Cat Dog, which is Ben's pick, mine, the Teen Titans, Nicole's Beavis and Butthead, and Leo's 
Captain Planet. Wait, I already voted on this. You did? Oh, yeah, I, never... I did. Yeah, I did vote on that. I, I don't know why, why I spaced on that. Yeah, I've already voted. I don't even know oh, if sick. I want to What'd tell you, you what I voted. Okay, I'll tell you then. Beavis and Butthead. Nice. Yeah, that was um, like if there was anything that defined my teen years when it comes to maybe the outside of sports, outside of horror, like it, it would be Beavis, Beavis and Butthead. Beavis and Butthead, yeah. Yeah. We were yeah, all that's... doing impressions. We were all sneaking into Do America. Uh, we were all pissing off our parents because we watched it. Um, you know, especially my parents would, you know, they would let me watch it. But if they were in the room at the same time, I got nothing but scrutiny. Like, you find this fucking funny. <laughs> and that's... then, you know, my parents would just completely tap out if when the music yeah. videos came on. It it was just a, a different vibe for that show. Nothing was like Beavis and Butthead at the time. I believe absolutely it. nothing. Mike Judge is one of my favorite, like you know, creators out there. I love that dude. Everything that guy puts out is always fucking awesome. Like yeah, Idiocracy, one of my favorite movies ever. Fact, you know, and he uh, he was on Rogan not long ago. And oh really? I, I, I never listened. Yeah, to even know that. When I say not long ago, I mean like in the last three months at least. Um, I was in the gym listening to it and listen, I'm one of those weirdos who might listen to like Gordon Lightfoot while I'm working out because okay. I, don't, I don't, yeah, I don't care anything about fast paced, hard hitting music while I'm working out. I want to be sound of mind and that's going to do it for me. You know, yeah. um, sometimes I'll put on a podcast. It might be Theo Vaughn. And I might laugh like really hard and drop the weight on my chest. That happened a couple of times. Oh, damn. <laughs> but, but listening to the Mike Judge uh, in- interview was like, man, it is so good hearing his voice. Yeah, because I mean, that guy is just so innovative. He's just always doing something, you know, whether it's like because it could be more dramery or he just like Silicon Valley is also like one of my favorite shows ever. And it's so different than Beavis and Butthead. But it's like it's so perfectly he just knows how to encapsulate people. I don't know. Else, you know even like King of the Hill. You know, that could be the most boring show ever. And they just, he knows how to make that awkward, just perfect, funny. But there's always a story. Yeah, with, exactly. With King of the Hill. Yeah. I remember like being absolutely touched by one episode of King of the Hill. And it was the one where uh, Luann's boyfriend came to visit her after he died. And they're jumping on the trampoline. And it's like, God, man, that's like incredible writing. You know, for... one is it an episode of King of the Hill? Oh bullshit! <laughs> They're in the. You Christian... just wanted to talk about some forty-one again. <laughs> They're in the Christian uh, rock band thing. The one that Bobby tried to say, he's like, "Oh, look at this cool church," and like the Christian band they're skateboarding with is some forty-one. <laughs> God, I I don't know how I missed that, or maybe I didn't miss it. I just didn't place that it was some forty-one. <laughs> well, I would have cared. I promise, I would have cared because it would have. Tur- I was heavily influenced by if I saw something on King of the Hill, I was like, okay, I'm going to figure out what this is. <laughs> and like I ch- I I went and checked out uh, Chuck Mangione <laughs> because of King of the Hill <laughs> and like those those polka records or whatever the fuck it is that he that he does. I think it's. I don't know. It's like some soothing mm. trumpet music or clarinet. I don't know what it is, but I didn't put it. I didn't pick it up for very long. But man, you're right. Uh, Mike Judge is probably. I don't know. It, could he be like the most iconic innovator that came from that time period? I don't know. Probably because I mean he's still going and hasn't offended anyone yet. You know, <laughs> like you know. You know what though? He heavily offended people with Beavis and Butthead. I bet. Like, yeah. Kids were like, they were censoring his shows. Like he couldn't even say the word fire in, in one of his episodes. Like there's a fire. 
Yeah, because there were kids burning shit down because of things that they saw in Beavis and Butthead. So there's actually a line in one of the episodes where Beavis is like, fire, fire, pants on. Oh, whoa. And he like he purposely left out the word <laughs> fire. And it's kind of like trolling the, the listening yeah. audience. If you go back and listen to like one of the earlier episodes, I believe it was volume one of the box set. It's on there somewhere. I mean, do you see the new movie? The newest one? No, I did not see it yet. And I've saved it. Um, I don't know what I'm saving it for. I'm probably alone time because nobody will watch it. (laughs) It's it's definitely not going to be like viewing with a parent. Is is it good? Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Damn. See that a lot of times remakes really lose me. You know, especially when it comes decades you. later. You know, I, I am a massive Star Wars fan, so like I feel you. You know, <laughs> like, oh yeah, you, that, you nobody know. feels me like you feel me right yeah. now. Then. <laughs> I mean, just think about it though, Dumb and Dumber. The uh, oh, I saw like, that. I saw it in theaters too. The sequel. I was like, why? Did, I, I was mad. That and I we're talking it. about the recent one with yeah, with Carrie one. and yeah, yeah. Daniels, right? It was actually the third two. one because there was a oh, stupid one in the middle, yeah, uh, the like a prequel. Yeah, what was it called? Dumb and Dumberer. Yeah, when Harry met Lloyd, right? Yeah, the, the prequel movie. I remember God. loving it when I was a kid, but I haven't watched that movie in years. I do remember Bob Saget in it, and he just gets really mad at the kid because he keeps thinking he's shitting everywhere. He's like, "You're shit all over my car. You're shitting <laughs> everywhere." <laughs> God damn it, man! Bob Saget, R.I.P. to him too. Yeah. Well, um, so you can't tell us who's going to be on your hundredth episode. Yeah, right? I'm announcing it next week. Um, okay, but. Yeah, we got it's not just one guest. We got a couple of guests coming on. Um, and it's going to be, like I said, a live extravaganza. I've never done okay. this before in my life. You know, say like starting with like, say, even doing sound. I didn't know what I was doing. I just kind of learned it. And then, you know, now I'm doing it five years. And then podcasting, I don't know. I just, I bought a mic once and now I got like a full mixer and I got this mic. You know, it's like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to keep doing it. And with this live stream, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> or like, Dude, this is. So- this is kind of the MO of you guys, though. And this is what I, I don't want to say motivates because I don't want to give you too much credit. I don't want your head to get big. <laughs> but you guys really do motivate me with your oh. with your thought. Pro- oh, shut up with, with your <laughs> with your thought processes. You, you really do. And like you just jumped in. You said, you know what? I yeah. don't know how to do it, but I'm going to try it. And if I fail it's just going to sound like a bad podcast, but it's still going to be a podcast. You did the same thing with sound. And Ben was talking about how, listen, if you want to make a thing, go make a thing. Nobody's going to stop you. No matter how bad it is, it's not going to be like worse than birth of a nation. So like there's, there's nothing that you can do. That's going to be like, they're not going to put you on trial for it unless it's a snuff film. And you know, that's, you know, that's debatable. Yes, but, but yeah, like it's, it's, for me, you know, one of my heroes is Kevin Smith. And like, I just remember listening to one podcast or it might have been a sh- live show he was doing, but he was like, yeah, podcasting is the easiest thing to do in the world. It's like, you just pick this up and you just talk. You just got to just do it, you know, just do it. And I was like, all right, why not just do it? And then, you know, that's why I was like, let's just do 10 episodes. Let's see where that takes us. And now I got, you know, totally tunular. Uh, me and Ben have a podcast called Married with Ben and James, where we just, rewatch married with children uh nicole has the show we put on there and i got a blunt smoker video where now we just watch movies and smoke different strains of weed every day with uh, my friend stevie lou and my roommate john and then i have another one makes no diff where i just all these weird people i meet on sets i get to hang out and record it so i don't know i exactly i just do it and because nobody ever wants to be on their show so i just 
I just have to just do it, you know? Well, you know, I do have an idea for you to come back to the show. I'm, I'm going to tell you about that later. That um, sounds awesome. Yeah. it's Hey, you said it. It sounds awesome uh, because well. it is revolving around sound. But yeah, I, I'm, I was really glad that you sent me some of the short films that you've worked on. I mean, I've, I've been, oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, sometimes no I get doubt. direct stuff. <laughs> of, of course. Yeah. But I mean, I've been trying to watch more, you know, short films, mm-hmm. like, you know, the psychology behind a good short film, you know, it, it intrigues hard. me. Yeah, it is. And I've worked know, on a lot, just even just doing sound and it's hard, you know? Well, I mean, I started getting more into shorts with, uh, with Ben Schatzel coming on. Yeah. To, shout out the uh, Ben Schatzel. Yeah. yeah worked shout with, out couple times on wet works and weird deer and yeah so like big ups to stack deck productions um but he came on to talk about you know his uh, his film remission um and then patrick ray i don't know if you know him but he came on to talk yeah. about his uh feature uh they wait in the dark um but then after that he you know, introduced me to the short film called it's hell getting old it's about uh, these two old couples uh in an elevator and it just kind of start spiraling out of control It's really funny but um you know then there's uh ferdita directed by carlota pereda and many many others uh so now just like ferdita turned into a feature film called piggy yeah uh, very I've recently seen for that you saw the, okay so like yeah, basically yeah. the uh the short ferdita was the cold open of piggy oh so you made okay. the cold that's like um like the movie lights out because that had like a short that was like a cold open and the dude won a contest and made that into the feature. Yeah. So apparently that happens more than we would think. Um, Boogie nights itself was a short film. Oh, I didn't Um, know that. Not the cold open, but you know, it it was, um, had the guest on, uh, or um, I had a guest on who was the original. I mean, yeah, it's not a bad idea, you know, because people, especially let's say if you're like, trying to make money or you're trying to pitch it to someone or anybody who's going to willing to give you anything. If you have a short film, then they can already see what that tone and what it's going to look like. Even if it's not the whole story, you know, like we're right. here is a trailer. It's like, if you can cut something that people can just see people, you know, most of the time people like, it's easier for them to see it in five minutes than to hear. Like they don't want to read a full script immediately. You know what I mean? Or they exactly. Have, yeah. It, it can be used as a concept and that's yeah. what, you know, that's what Schatzel was talking about. Like shorts can be used as a concept. And just like in remission, he left that very open-ended and like, it could be a feature film. Um, I think it was, you know, I think it had plenty of legs. Um, it, it could run, but I'm, you know, I'm just some schmuck with a podcast. I, I don't, you know, make hey, decisions. All on, on schmucks. All right. We're all <laughs> schmucks. Okay. Well, I, I'm a schmuck who hasn't yet made a film <laughs> and yes, but fact is like i think there's a lot of things that you could do to repurpose uh, a short film and even if it stays you know there at face value it's still a film and yeah. it's a short form factor film that it seems like today's generation kind of needs because they can't seem to watch anything longer than 20 minutes without picking up their phone 20 minutes yeah yeah it's it's 20 yeah, generous yeah exactly 20 is way generous <laughs> it kind of annoys me that's why i don't i, I don't use have tiktok or any of that like yeah, just kind of like, I mean, I don't know, it makes me sound like a boomer, but it always annoys me when I'm like, ah, oh, this fucking video that's like three seconds long will get a, a million views and my short film, maybe a couple hundred, you know? <laughs> well, listen, I'm not trying to sit here and tell anybody how to blow up their, their YouTube channel, but 
and I'm terrible about doing this because I really never do it. Um, this episode is going to be like you and me, right? For yeah. however long it is. Um, maybe I'll cut out some, you know, two minute, three minute clips, depending on what we end up talking about. I mean, hell, that whole wrestling conversation could be another video in itself. Yeah, I can talk about wrestling all day. Don't even like get, you know, I have zero doubt about that because <laughs> like you didn't just fuck around with, oh yeah, I'm watching, you know, MLW. Okay. Well, if you're watching MLW, then you, you know what you're talking about. Cause nobody's just going to voluntarily do that <laughs> as a casual wrestling fan. But like my partner at Slasher Sports, uh, Christian Rao, he does it all the time. He'll shoot like a an hour long video, um, you know, him and uh, Steve Feck talking mm -hmm. college football, college basketball, and the little segment where they talk about two specific teams, or maybe even one specific team, or maybe one free agent. They'll just clip that one part and make it its own separate video. So you're going to have the bulk video if you, yeah. you know so desire. But you're also going to have those minute long videos and those minute long or not minute long videos, but five minute long videos over a specific topic. Yeah. And, and, the, and those topics will blow up. Yeah. And I've seen that. I mean, that's how I watch videos, too. You know what I mean? Like I've probably seen more clips from Joe Rogan's podcast than listening to a full show. More. That's often fair. Not, yeah. You know, because and, you see it on on uh, like and like you, you see. Yeah, you see it on YouTube, you see it on TikTok, whatever it is that you know you're you're watching. And, and I'm like, we kind of do the same thing with totally tuning you there. Like I put out like a minute out on as a promo. Sure. Yeah, we just yeah, and uh we just haven't done the YouTube thing yet. And that's probably what actually I guess I'll, I'll after the plan, because we're gonna make a YouTube because of the live stream. So after that, yeah, then I'll probably get into throwing out clips to see if anyone try to get something to pop in some way. <laughs> I think you can, though. I think you can, because, like... For me, too, I don't like editing down my podcast, you know? Like, I love... I don't either. ...conversations that I have with people, and, like, sometimes shit gets kind of fucked up, you know, especially, you know, when you're talking with Ben, you know, and his dog, Nicole, too, their dogs will just start barking. Sometimes Leo has to run off and go do something, not, you know, or whatever it is. I'm, I'm unfamiliar with such a thing. <laughs> And I, yeah, sometimes I give Ben shit because I like to eat in the podcast. I'm like, stop eating on the show, god damn it! You know, <laughs> you, like, what are you over? What are you doing over there? Wrapping presents? Yeah. <laughs> god. But at the damn. same time, I love that natural conversation. Um, and I don't like to cut it down like that, you know. Yeah, I podcast for the people who are working in an office with their earbuds in, and have to kill eight hours of the day. Yeah. And I can give them an hour of it, you know, at the very least. Yeah, when so, I used to, my, one of my first jobs or for a while i worked with dogs i was like I, I was literally in a room full of, i was like a dog daycare center once it was a half of it i worked at PetSmart and i worked at like a independent place in manhattan too but it was like a dog daycare center so i'm just in this room all day so i would just listen to the podcast you know what i mean you whatever like that was that's what that's what helped me through the long days so i don't know if we can do that that'd be fucking awesome you know which podcast did you cut your teeth on though because i know um, you remember your first one yeah, it was it was definitely it was Smodcast, um, this podcast called Schmoes No, and Jericho's podcast. Oh, the Jericho, great! I, I like Jericho's podcast. I've listened to it in a minute, but yeah, that was I used to listen to that religiously. I usually only listen to theirs, and I'm talking about theirs as in um, his Austin's um, when they have like an old wrestler on. Okay, yeah, yeah, because he the has most Bruno San Martino. That's awesome. Oh, that really? that would be sick. Yeah, that would be sick. The Stone Cold's podcast, he had uh, an old guy from like the 80s named Eric Embry 
probably the most entertaining one that I've listened to of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And oh, cool. like Eric Embry was mid card guy at best. You know, I can't even think of who that is at all. Yeah. He, if, if you saw him, if you slapped him in the face, you probably wouldn't even recognize him. He was, you know, he was down here in Tennessee with Lawler and all those guys for a while. But that's just kind of how it is. I, I listen for the specific guest, which is probably, you know, not appreciated by the host, but it is what it is. Um, I listened to, to the Rogan podcast with uh, Dan Aykroyd probably two or three times. Oh, and never once did they talk about acting. That I can yeah. remember. They talked about Aykroyd's uh, UFO experiences. Have you, and... you listened to Steve-O's podcast at all? Never. Like he has one, him and Kevin Smith, and they don't talk about movies literally at all. They just start talking about life and death and what happens like after you die and stuff right. like that. Because their lives are basically encompassed by movies and film and yeah. TV. And when you're, you know, you hit that record button, you maybe you want to talk about something else. Yeah. Like maybe maybe Aykroyd doesn't want to talk about nothing but trouble or spies like us because he's done it a million times. But how many people are actually asking him about his UFO um, conspiracies I, or whatever experiences? <laughs> yeah. He, he said he woke up in like France or something and or he didn't randomly wake up in France. He was like in France. But does he really and, think he was abducted by aliens? He thinks that he saw alien craft while he was pissing off a balcony on vacation wherever he was it might not have been france i probably made that up it seems like it was france though um but he says he's had like multiple experiences and nothing turns me off to ufo experiences quite like hearing a person who's super already super interested yeah, in ufos expecting it they're already ready for it right right yeah. it's it's kind of like an alien it's kind of like that you know, that kid who swore he was part Wolverine because he loves the X-Men, you know, it's like, <laughs> okay, weirdo, go sit with somebody else. But yeah, hearing Aykroyd talk about it was different because it, it was just something that I hadn't, you know, hadn't heard before. So yeah, I mean, I, I had to know, give it a shot. That, that's why I started doing this, my own like kind of weird podcast, like makes no diff. Cause I love having those kind of conversations with people. And I had this guy, he's a good buddy of mine. I met, well, he's a good buddy now. I met him recently. <laughs> But, uh, you know, we worked a lot in tandem together. On, we worked with Brandon a lot, too. Uh, I think it was Matt Weir. I don't know. You Maybe you know him. But um, I do not know Matt Weir. He's a super cool dude. He's an effects guy, art department. Uh, also worked for the WWE. So, was, you know, I, I talked to him about that. He was a writer. Him on. For like a year. Um, but he was also a skater. I didn't know that when before that, you know, we were just talking about horror and wrestling and whatever. And then we had like most of the podcast was about skating because I never get to talk about skating. And that's, you know, that's the kind of shit that I try to, that's what I like talking about. You know, then it's like you're hanging out with people and it's not, I don't know, you don't want too formal, you know, where I don't want to cut shit out. Yeah, never. And it's funny because I, I read that it wasn't like, on, I think it was on Facebook. Um, Dixie, you, you know, Dixie, right? Yeah, Dixie girls. So, yeah. So she uh, commented on Ben Johnson's uh, post uh, about our podcast episode and she said there were a lot of squirrel moments, but it was a good, it was a fun conversation. And what she meant by squirrel <laughs> moments were yeah, like squirrel moments. Yeah, well, well, I didn't know either, but she shared a, a clip of uh, I don't know which cartoon it's from, but it's like uh, one where like a dog is talking to somebody and he's a squirrel, and then oh, he's talking yeah, to more kind of go off or whatever. Yeah, right, just going off on different right. things. And, they call and them I, side quests. 
on totally yeah I, I like side quests I'm, I'm a i'm a gamer i'll go with side quests <laughs> yeah so like we've done some side quests here i don't even think we've touched yeah. the main the main story so oh, yeah what, what's uh what's the main story well there's not one but let's talk about super <laughs> rad for a moment like yeah you, you, yeah super rad that's your uh that's your new project yeah it's a uh, feature it's in pre-pro i sent you the storyboards um they're drawn by the awesome ben terry he was uh the ad on curse the weird that's where i met him and he was like, oh, yeah, I was about to be a cartoonist. And then he sent me some stuff. And I was like, hey, you think you can draw these storyboards? Because we were trying to do something like 3D. And we kind of got a little ahead of ourselves. And we're like, oh, this is we can't figure this out. So let's backtrack to the storyboard stuff. Um, yeah, but Super Rad, I got the idea from it was actually two. Um, we did the trailer for Curse of the Weird Deer. Um, my roommate, John Bergio, just kind of threw an idea at me. Wait, and Bergio is your roommate? Yeah, John Bergio. He's my roommate the star of secret of cuck island yeah this he's my, your current roommate yeah, we filmed that movie all the scenes you see in the living room that's my apartment <laughs> jesus christ i didn't realize that no yeah i, that I, I was gonna talk him up uh, later on too yeah you know yeah i can talk about cuck island all day you know uh, spent my entire covid summer on that i went right from cuck island to curse the weird you're right <laughs> those two years together um but with super rad john gave me the idea he was like what if there was a I forgot exactly how he pitched it, but it was like, oh, what if there was a mayor who decides to fake a superhero? He wants to raise money for a town. And I'm a big superhero nerd. And like that idea came in my brain. And I was like, that's incredible. Small town movie. We can have like a big town action, you know? <laughs> and like, and I've done horror so often. And then it was like, I wanted to kind of step away and like dive into like my superhero routes that I love so much. And, and then also this movie, even though you don't see it so much in the, in the storyboards I say to you, but it also has like this kind of emotional crutch to it. You know, it's the movie about loss in a lot of ways, you know, it's like, cause I had lost my dad a couple of years ago. And so it's about like this kid growing up, like he had just lost his dad. And it's also like, he's going away, he's leaving high school. So it's also like the loss of losing your friends, your girlfriend, and how you deal with that while also being this weird, you know, filling with all the dick jokes and the superhero stuff and wrestling in there. So would you say that this is, um, kind of a cathartic experience as well um maybe processing that loss in a in a formal public kind of way yeah i mean i didn't that that was definitely wasn't my intent like honestly at first i pitched it i was like oh this sounds like a pretty easy like oh we can write this a couple months like it'd be fun super easy and that, i just kept kind of go into it thinking about the character and then you know i started thinking about well like, a lot of superheroes most of them don't have a parent or one parent or whatever and i was like well I started thinking about myself and not that I, I don't want to say the character is based off me because it's not in any way, but it was just sure. that idea, you know, and like, yeah. And I ended up working through shit on my own that I didn't like when I, cause the end of it without spoiling it, like he just has this realization of whatever. And then like, when I realized that that's when I was able to realize it in the script, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Perfect sense. I mean, you, you didn't set out to do it, but it kind of just came. And I think, the word for that, James, is organic. Yeah, and, <laughs> I guess. And, yeah, and I can really respect that. I mean, the um, you know, I, I don't often talk about you know personal stuff on my podcast because you know I like to keep it fun. Um, but you know, I also lost my dad back in two thousand and five. Oh okay? yeah, I'd, I'd only been home from the military for six months. Oh wow, okay? yeah, that's so. Uh, sorry to hear that. No, it's all yeah. right. Um, I mean, I've, I've had time, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, 2005. Yeah. but 
the the wild thing about it is, you know, I, I graduated high school, went directly to the Navy and okay. spent four years away. Okay. So I didn't really see anybody. Um, That's tough, dude, just to be came home. To... Yeah. Came home twice. Uh, once for a holiday, saw my dad, you know, once. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, I came home in 05, six months later, he's passed away. And not long after that, you know, th there was one and only one musical artist who we agreed was listenable for the both of us. Okay. And who that was, was Johnny, Johnny Cash. Nice. We, we were both good with Johnny Cash. I liked all of Johnny Cash. He only liked the old son recordings. You know, like, hey, get rhythm. Yeah, yeah. All that bullshit. So, you know, I'd get in my dad's car and he'd be, you know, bopping to, you know, um, Rock Island Line or something like that. And let me just rewind back to, you know, maybe around the time that I'm three, four years old. My dad used to sing to me out of this hymnal. It was um, a green colored um, hardbound book, pretty thin. Okay. Uh, with gold ribbony lettering. I don't even know how the fuck to describe yeah. this lettering, but it's like dark green and gold letters, right? It was called Heavenly Highway Hymns. And if you're a hillbilly like me, you've probably heard of Heavenly Highway Hymns. Yeah, I'm not well, familiar. As a no, I wouldn't expect it. it. It's probably a very local thing. However... <laughs> When uh, it wasn't long after my dad passed away that the film Walk the Line came out with uh, Joaquin Phoenix yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, Reese Witherspoon. Well, there's a scene where Johnny's leaving home. I don't remember where he's going. He might be moving to Memphis. He's he's going, though. You know? yeah, it's been a minute since I've seen that movie. Yeah, it, it's been it, same. So I don't remember exactly what he did. I know it wasn't like going to the military or anything like that but it's something like that a big goodbye right his mom comes out the front door hands him a book and i'll be goddamned if it's not heavenly highway hymns and you <laughs> talk about like a like an an organic experience i didn't set out to relive any kind of yeah you know any kind of memories with my dad by watching this film i just wanted to watch the johnny cash story right yeah. But now you got she, this connection to it. That now I've got this connection to it, and like I, I won't ever forget it. So I can totally dig not walking into this project with the intent of it being a cathartic experience. But you're gonna have, you know, maybe some kind of connection there forever, other than the fact that you're directing it. Right? Yeah, so. of course. Yeah, and uh yeah, and it just I guess that yeah, that, that's what I've tried. I I even by the time I realized that, I was like, wow, this is and I always try to like, not not like like whatever like it's the cartoon I did with my brother. Like a lot of the main character too came from our dad, and like that also because my dad actually died, um, right when I was shooting my thesis film for college. Like it was the day I was going to shoot my film. It was so it was, and then my brother too, and I just brought him on set with me. I was like, you're just gonna help me out on set, and we just shot the whole movie, and then you know literally went to the funeral like after that. Like we shot after. for three days. It was crazy, but so I, I always try to like put something in there. And for this, when we did Super Rad, like I said, it wasn't I wasn't really thinking about it. And then it just like, oh well, he has this big moment. And you know, especially between me and my dad, I don't I don't know. If, it seems like you and your dad had a pretty good relationship. Me sure. and my dad never had like the best relationship either. So it was like, how do I work that in there and like stuff like that? But 
don't know. You kind of, at least with my the point of the movie I was doing was that you don't really get over that kind of stuff, but a way to like accept it and like move on in life to be able to do, you know, don't let it hold you back. Cause I feel like it was holding me back for a long time because my dad also never saw any movie I made. Cause I said he died when I was in film school. So he never seen any of it. So I don't know, I guess I'm kind of losing my thought a little bit, but yeah, it's just like, no, I, I dig it. I mean, that's, I mean, that, that's really all that has to be said about it. It's uh it's an experience and it's not going to go away. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. Do you already have, uh, you already have your cast set? No, not the cast set. Yeah, we all the voice we have are just local people that I know. Actually, shout out to John Brennan. I don't know if you're a Joe Bob Briggs fan. Uh, He does the theme song for Joe Bob Briggs, him and Yuki. He's the guy who sings on guitar every episode. (laughs) He's like, Brennan's a good friend of mine. He so he did a bunch of voices on that storyboard, which is great. Um, And we'll probably cast him too. But I said, we're still in pre-pro. So like, you know, um, I worked on a bunch of shoots <laughs> without uh, naming names, but like I just I wanted to like storyboard this whole thing out because I've never done action scenes before. You know, okay. there's some stunts in there that's crazy. Like I, I put all my love into superheroes wrestling. The scene I sent you, like it's literally like luchador wrestlers versus superhero at a Power Ranger convention in a library. <laughs> and it's like I never done that shit before. So I was really trying to plan it all out and really kind of figure it out and try to at least test some of this and, you know, make sure it works. It's I said, I, I meant this to be a small movie. And besides the cathartic experience, I ended up making some of this a lot bigger than I initially anticipated either. <laughs> so with that um, comes budget. Yeah. Have you already started a campaign? Not yet. What um, like I said, it's still pretty early on. We're trying to our, sure. actually we're going to try to use this story once I send you. We actually our plan is to use that as a way to start pitching, and mm-hmm. that's what we're kind of working on right now. And our goal is too is we're going to have the whole movie drawn out and cut together. So there's going to be like what we're calling like the fake movie that I'm hoping going to use to get some money and raise some funds and see how many people I can beg. And luckily, you know, working on uh, Chris the Weird and Cuck Island, people owe me a lot of favors, so. You know, I get the cash in on that. Yeah, no doubt. Well, when you do have a link to that fundraiser, um, I'm we're connected. I'm gonna, you know, keep an eye out for it. Gonna oh, include it. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm I'm gonna include it. You know, with uh, you know, on this episode, in the episode description. Uh, so obviously, uh, you know, those who listen to it down the road are gonna be able to pull that up. That'll be great. But, yeah, you know, I'm always nervous how people are gonna take it because, you know, I've worked in this like crazy sphere. You know, I love these movies I work on, Curse the Weird and Cuck Island and Shitstorm and Brandon's movies. But this is so like, like it's superheroes and wrestling. <laughs> like, there's not a lot of like horror and blood and guts and stuff. So, no, but it's, venture, you know, it's, it's fucking it's schlocky and it's fun yeah. and it's ridiculous. And that's what we like because that's what I'm hoping to hit. That's what I want to hit, really. You know, yeah, tongue in cheek, man. Like, this is a, like a, a fuck you to those who only thrive watching mainstream film um you know we support the shit out of indie film here and we're going to continue to do so and i know there are people just like us so yeah hell yeah i mean even though you know the internet would you know make it seem like everybody's just dying to shit on the next film yeah um i do feel like it's a good time for indie film and maybe indie horror. it is i mean was it look at um fucking uh terrifier too right i mean that movie made a fuck ton of money 
totally on indie. a what 250 grand yeah. uh, budget yeah totally indie something it's, stupid ridiculously yeah. cheap to to make well not cheap you know for for you and me but it's obviously cheap for normal you know that's still cheap you know you know halloween they consider a cheap movie and that was made for what, five mil 10 mil you know yeah and so, that was in 78 so i mean like I mean, the newer halloween too like the the gordon the blumhouse ones they're like only like 10 mil i think five mil budgets but still they're like that's low really yeah wow i didn't realize it was that low a budget but still in comparison then you look like terrifier 2 that's like two hundred fifty thousand. that's now making all over 10 mil yeah. yeah like something ridiculous it, it, while it was in theaters it, it oh. made like over 10 million uh, it got that extension because of how yeah. well it did over that one single weekend that it was supposed to run and it's great it makes me feel good it makes i haven't seen you know an indie success like that in forever you know since what like the 90s you know so take me back to i guess the 90s um i don't think you were born in the 90s were you i was 93 Damn. Okay. Yeah. My math is bad. Tennessee math. You're going to have to forgive that. So take me back to the beginning. Some of the nineties, you know, I remember like the late nineties a lot. (laughs) I remember 99 where like Limp Bizkit was on top of the world. Well, what else was on top of the world for you though? Like tell me about your, your intro to horror film as a spectator, I guess, because like everybody seems to have that one film they credit as the one that made them go, hmm, well, there's there's some kind of itch that this is scratching, and I need I, I need to keep doing that. So for me, it was Friday the 13th Part 2. Nice. I want to know your origin story. I mean, I love Friday. I love all the Friday movies. Part 6 is my favorite. <laughs> I love 6. I yes, love 6. Oh, I love movies so much. But um, so it was weird. As like a kid, I was kind of afraid of horror at first. Like, um, But I always loved monsters. Like, I always loved just monster shit like i said i was a big power ranger guys so i loved all the monsters that were on there and then like i remember the first horror movie that's like burned in my brain is the tim curry's it i remember that being on tv or like i don't know if it was airing or or when it was on I just remember being on tv two and, nights in a row right yeah i mean maybe I just, I just remember watching it um and just being i was actually afraid of clowns after that for a very long time and so i think i was like a teenager and this is me i was like young and then like, I never, I, so then I was like kind of into horror. And then like, I, I was dating my ex-girlfriend in high school and she liked horror. So that was kind of getting me into it. But what really like crossed the line was when I hit my like, when I was 20. I don't know what it was that like really kind of flipped my brain. I, maybe because I started smoking weed a lot more around that time. But I just remember my friend just not stopped talking about like uh, Dead Alive. And I was like, all right, all right, I'll watch Dead Alive. I'll watch it. And then I watched it and I was like, that is the coolest movie I've ever seen in my life. And also before that, I've watched trauma movies. I've watched The Toxic Avenger 2 um, as a teenager bunch on G4. If anyone remembers that network. Um, but yeah, it was really Dead Alive. Like I just, that was the defining moment. I remember watching that and be like, this is the coolest movie I've ever, ever watched in my life. I need to watch more bloody, insane things. I went from that when watched all the evil deads. Um, and then you know, and Texas Chainsaw, though, after watching, after getting into a Texas Chainsaw, the first movie is my favorite horror movie ever. Like, I always I think it's perfect. And then I watched all 13 or 12 Friday movies consecutively after that. You need to watch um, The Sawyer Massacre is what you need to watch. Um, I'm going to hook you up with that link. The Sawyer Massacre? The Sawyer Massacre. Is that like it, a part of Texas? The- it is a... So the Sawyer family, obviously, yeah. is, uh, you know, the the team or the, the, the family in, you know, Texas Chainsaw. Mm-hmm. It's a fan film. 
Okay, so don't. Oh, don't, there's don't, some good fan films out there, man. The, there are, and this is a very movies. good one. Uh, Steve Merlo, who was a guest on uh, the podcast uh, a good while back in the early, um, earlier days of slasher sports cinema, which I think I was still calling the graveyard at the time. But that's a, that's a cool name. Yeah, because my last name's Graves, right? Uh, that is that is like the most horror character name ever. You sound like, a, like I feel like you're a part of like Rob Zombie's band, you know? <laughs> yeah, I well, listen, I it's like Rob Zombie's really music. <laughs> yeah, like Billy Graves. I've been told, like, listen, you've got the perfect name for uh, you know a, a horror podcast, and I'm like, well, you know what? Why don't you tell me that I have the perfect name to be a horror director? Okay, why do you have to minimize <laughs> me? Downs podcast. No, but same, yeah, people tell me like, oh yeah, you know about sound. I'm like, you know, I can do. I'm not just a sound guy, you know. <laughs> but you know what, man? I'm, I'm I'm gonna hold this thought. Damn it, I'm gonna hold the thought. But yeah, Steve Merlo, he was on, and uh the Sawyer Massacre. I'm gonna have to get you that link. Yeah, because uh, it it's on YouTube now. It was uh it was doing premieres around Texas. Um, he's actually Canadian. Like he was, he was so into this that they shoot in Canada or they shot. No, we shot it in Texas. And I'm like, why did you shoot in Texas? Like Canada, like parts of Canada, Western Canada looks like Texas. Yeah. I mean, they cheat a lot of shit up in Canada, you know? Yeah, they do. And like, I know there's people up there that can like make this happen, but he's like, no, I want to, I wanted to get down to Texas and get this done. And I was okay, whatever. And he got like his whole Canadian cast to come down to Texas and film it. Did a hell of a job. Did a hell of a job. Really proud of him. I would watch it too. I mean, I, I always give a lot of. I mean, I love Texas too, but like, I I can't. I, I hate most. Pretty much all the Texas sequels after two. They're all terrible. So they if were I awful. Keep a Texas movie. I'd love it. Did you like the new one? The the twenty twenty two one. I. All right. It's not a good movie. It's definitely not good. But for like, I definitely. I don't know. I enjoyed it enough. I don't know. Maybe because I hated the Halloween kills. I think it came out around the same time or whatever. Um, I hated that movie so much. I, this was just gory or fun, but it really, no, the movie doesn't make any sense. Why was he going to an orphanage? I never got that. Why was that was ever a thing? I do love the ending. That's been debated a bunch of friends. I love the last bit where like they're in the smart car and he like just perfectly chainsaws the girl's head off like a, like butter. <laughs> And then she's doing the Texas ending in the smart car. I thought that was so good. You know, it, that, yeah, it was. And like, that's probably what redeemed it for me. I, yeah, I was pretty happy. I was happy with yeah. the film. Like, yeah. I, I don't expect, you know, I don't ask much of And I look you know, at films. the first movie and it's so fucking good. Like, it does, you know, it's not even like a slasher movie. It's just like this really gross, just unsettling horror movie. And none of the sequels have ever been able to get that tone again at all. Yeah. Yeah. Two, three. I um, mean, you had Dennis Hopper, and you. you I mean, I, said, I love two because two is just so insane that it's amazing. You know, I love the chainsaw fight and the just the beginning of the movie where he cuts the dude's head off in the car. You know, the first two are fantastic. One, obviously, more than two. Three really drops the ball, but man, the 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 new generation, next generation, what was it called? Yeah, I think it's the new generation. The one new generation was hot garbage, and yeah. I never call a film garbage. I always find some redeeming quality. Yeah. in horror films, I because a lot of crap. I feel. Yeah, like. I defend a lot of garbage, and I have defended Halloween Kills plenty of times. Really? Yeah, I have. And the thing is, there's just nothing redeeming about New Generation, and 
I actually thought that the newest one with Jessica Beale yeah, was a little bit of redemption for I the franchise. It. I try to watch those movies. I just remember one scene. I can't remember if it was that movie or the, the sequel one to that movie. Um, I call it that movie. Like it's like, the, the begin- <laughs> is it the beginning? Maybe? Yeah, whatever. But there's like a scene where a dude's getting like cut in half and it's cutting to the dude flailing like, ah, rah, and then it cuts to the part where they're chopping and the body's still. And it's like, I was, it's like clearly just, I don't know. It just, it just feels so like soulless. Like it just, it feels like we're just going to just make this bloody thing and make it look kind of flashy. And yeah, I think it's made by platinum dunes, right? It was that company, wasn't it? I th- I think so, and I believe the one you're talking about has uh, Jordana Brewster in it, um, which I saw because, well, obviously I saw it because it was a Texas Chainsaw flick, and I just thought Jordana Brewster was a better casting than Jessica Biel. I was not a, a Biel fan, but I do like Jordana Brewster. Had they switched films, maybe I would have been happier with the both of them, but I did yeah. think that because of how shitty New Generation was, that the remake with with Beale was a little bit refreshing. Yeah, and then you, true. But, but the guess... ones after that were garbage. Yeah. <laughs> the, the beginning was terrible. And uh when they made the newest one in 2022, um I did have maybe some reservations when I when I saw that they were going to make this whole uh social media thing, everything and was about that weird like school shooter angle too on it. See, yeah, they're they're trying to make this a little too contemporary. But then, like, like just, you know, like I'm a big fan. I love the Evil Dead remake, and sure. like that movie took the concept and was like, okay, this is about this girl who's also on drugs. And I thought it felt like it just worked its way. It, ne- it never felt too forced. And then I don't know this movie. I feel like they maybe could have handled those subject matters better. But it's more like, no, nah, here's what it is, and we're gonna fucking rub it in your face the whole movie yeah it, definitely a social commentary yeah. like i'm fine with social commentary yeah. films uh, i've actually it's talked the, about a couple of them you know, recently commentary right but you ha- in order to have a, a horror film with social commentary you also have to be able to take it at face value and it not lose its meaning yeah exactly and i don't think i don't think the new one did that right I, I i think you know you look at something like rosemary's baby big social commentary there yeah. and i th- and i think it was done well enough that you could take it just as it is without the commentary and have a good time watching a horror flick but yeah 2022 texas chainsaw not so much yeah so that's why i feel um, about the evil dead remake too i mean are you a fan of the remake at all i do like the remake yeah. for for what it is um but man it's just hard to not you know, have Bruce Campbell. I mean, yeah, of course, Bruce Campbell's. Oh, yeah, I love that man too. He's a Mount Rushmore guy to me. So, yeah. you watch Ash vs. Evil Dead? I do. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. pretty happy with that with that series. It gets a little hokey at times. Oh, man, but my favorite Sundays ever. When I was on TV, I was like, yeah, I get to watch this crazy show every week. Oh, it, like, it like filled a void that I needed every week. You know. <laughs> so I have to know, and I'm not here to st- start no shit, okay? But I have to know. What the hell do you have against Halloween Kills? I mean, the the entire movie feels like a second act, like not even like the first act or like the third act. It just feels like a second act. Like it just it just kind of happens. Everything just kind of happens. Um, what you call it? The, the whole evil dies tonight thing when they also like blame that homeless guy. And they also just I don't think like, nothing happens. And he just kind of wins at the end. And then that also doesn't even tie into Halloween ends. And it's like, so what was the point? 
to any of this. Like, well, that gives me bigger issue with Halloween ends than it does Halloween kills. True, but still, I just like yeah, I don't know. And I, I enjoyed the kills. Like, I loved the title, and I love that it lived up to that name. But mm-hmm. I was like, like, you know, Laurie and Michael didn't even do anything. They weren't even in the same shot together. I don't think the entire movie. Yeah, maybe not very often if they were at all. Um, I just feel like they took like a bit of the second act that could have been like a part of the first movie and they just made a sequel out of it. So I always treated Halloween kills as if kills or 2018 kills and ends were going to be like one long movie. That's what I thought too. Yeah. And then they swerved us on the third one and that kind of ruins the thought. So I, you hated, you hated ends more than kills. Yeah, way more. <laughs> you know, I can understand that. It is my least favorite of the three. I don't hate it, but I'm not happy with it. Um, the more I've watched it, the more... Well, first of all, if it were that bad, I wouldn't have watched it, you know, multiple times. <laughs> I, I can't say that much. And yeah. I also don't want to take the pen out of the creator's hands and write rewrite it myself. Yeah. But... I may have tricked myself at the end of kills because you know, when you own a film and there's a, an alternate ending, is there an alternate ending? There's an alternate ending. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So uh, to kills. Yes. So, but it's, there's not a lot different. He, he still kills, um, Karen, but, the ending in the, the alternate end of the movie, ending, right is him standing up right he like everyone tries to kill him and then he gets up and then he just starts killing everybody right and, and he's like, he, superpowered or whatever yeah and then he goes and kills karen yeah right? the, the daughter yeah and i think that's where it fades to black and ends the yeah. alternate ending has jamie lee curtis from the hospital call karen on her cell phone and you assume michael picks up the phone because all you hear is breathing and you see a look on Lori's face as if she's like accepted that he got Karen. And then she says, I'm coming for you, Michael. And then she walks like down the corridor or the, the hallway of the hospital with knife in hand, like almost slow motion. Yeah. I think that was and in the trailer. Could have been. Like Could have been. Like that well, that was definitely the alternate ending that I kept watching as if like, I, I didn't realize that it was the alternate ending. And I, that is what set my expectation for ends i'm thinking okay i'm coming for you michael now yeah. the beginning of the trailer you watch the trailers for ends it's like lawyer versus michael the showdown is going down yeah we're not four years later in her baking pies yeah. and, and he's living in a sewer like i thought he was super powered like what happened right right well i mean I, I guess that's what you know that's what gave them the ability for him to be overpowered by other people because like apparently he transcends you know upon killing that's what keeps him alive right and just stop killing people you know apparently he drags somebody down into the sewer once in a while right because the the, the homeless guy um which i think was an ode to part five uh, the the homeless guy might have been like witnessing michael drag somebody in once in a while just to kind of keep him going but like you see that scene where I, just, I don't get why he's so weak. Like where, what, like I feel like he was, a... I, I think it was because of the beat yeah. down that he got at the end of kills. Um, it, it put him on the end, yeah. on the brink of death. Of course he gets up and kills everybody, including a weird I really science. Liked the first movie a lot, like the reboot movie. 
Like yeah. I, when that movie came out, I was gung- I was like, I can't wait for these sequels. Like I was, I fucking loved it. Like I was so into it. See, I didn't know if there were gonna be sequels when it, it came out. On its own. That's how me, my, me and my Reeves, we joke about it all the time because I, I shit on the Halloween sequels a lot too. Uh, but I was like, there's only two Halloween movies you need to watch: just Halloween and then Halloween. That's it. You know, just that's Halloween, all you need. Twenty eighteen. That is absolutely all you need. However, in three, three is great, but it doesn't really count. You know, there you go. Yeah, it doesn't count as like part of you know yeah. canon or whatever, but. Like they almost make it canon with the uh, the Easter eggs. They do, right? yeah. Which I shout out. Yeah, I do like that. I do appreciate all the little Easter eggs they put into it. I don't know if you saw that David I Gordon Green had mentioned there had been a written ending where it pans to like a, a factory with them spitting out the masks, and like it shows. Oh, that was sick. Yeah, it shows the witch mask, and then it shows the skeleton mask, and then it shows the pumpkin that. mask, and then it shows a Michael Myers mask. Like putting it in perspective that the mask was always, you know, yeah. what what carried the power, right? Not the man, but the mask. So I'm almost happy they didn't do that. Yeah, didn't, isn't, isn't that what Rob Zombie tried to do? Like the mask was like a thing. Possibly, possibly. I, I didn't really get that. I, I actually thought that in part two of Zombie, um, that Michael had actually been dead the whole time. Oh, really? Yeah, that, I, w- I was trying to watch it through that lens. I don't know if it held up. Yeah, I know. I, but... I, I hate that movie, too. <laughs> yeah, like, part two. Like, I don't know how part one can be so good. And I do think part yeah. one is, pre- is pretty good. And then it just completely. Yeah, there's like the, the, the scene that always just turns me off. Immediately. I actually like the beginning of it when she's in the hospital. But the scene that turns me off immediately is when they're carrying Michael Myers in the van. I forget the actor's name, but he's in a lot of shit. He's the Night King in Game of Thrones. Uh, he was just in Barbarian. I, he's always in Rob Zombie's movies. I can't remember. He plays Doomhead in 31. I can't remember the actor's name. But he's, who, who was he in Barbarian? He was the old guy. The third story. He's the serial killer who kidnapped all the women. He was like, did he come in as the fake TV salesman or whatever? I did not Barbarian. realize he was in Zombie yeah. 2. Yeah, he's the so he's the ambulance driver or whatever. And they're talking about fucking the corpse. Because I guess Michael Myers, for some reason, is next to a naked lady. Mm-hmm. Also in the back is the Rob Zombie movie. And they're talking about fucking this corpse. And then they accidentally hit a cow. And then the van flips over. And that's how Michael Myers gets away. Because they were too distracted talking about fucking a corpse and hitting a cow. And that's when don't, I was like, Yeah, don't ever put Mike in a, in a van or a vehicle of any kind. Because yeah. it's never going to get to where it's going. No, <laughs> never. I love that he also, in the, all these movies, that he just also knows how to drive. Like even the first movie, like he, just... <laughs> he was a child yeah. <laughs> when he was locked up and he just he could drive. Yeah, that's OK. There's there are times when I tell myself, like, don't put logic into an illogical situation. Well, that's why I always talk, say we talked about it earlier Friday, part six. That's why I fucking love that movie, because it knows exactly what it's making and smart about it. You know, all the jokes are like perfectly timed and like they, they're just aware of all the cliches around them. And there yes. wasn't, I don't, I mean, you might know better than I do, but I don't know any other kind of slasher that was starting to that do those kind of stuff at the time. No, what, when did six come out? Uh, 85, 86? Yeah, somewhere in the mid 80s. Yeah. I, I think eight was uh, 88 or 89. Um, seven would have been like 86 or 87. So yeah, it was mid 80s. So yeah, I, I can't think of anything that was just self aware like that. Like, like we know we're campy. And we're just going to keep it that way. 
and we're going to kind of even poke fun at ourselves. But, you know, having like a third Tommy Jarvis, right? Like, yeah. Like, how would that fly today? Like, man, you can't even keep the oh, same yeah. actor. Like, all three Tommies were badasses, though. Yeah, all of them. Corey Feldman. I don't remember the second guy. And then the third one, he was the same dude from uh, Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, Return of the Living Dead. And he yeah. was also in, um, damn it. And he's in a Friday fan film that's on he, YouTube. You're talking about uh, uh, 13 Fanboy or something like that? There's one that's like called like Don't Hike in the Woods or something like that. Um, okay, so and- 13 Fanboy had uh, different people from, from the franchise. But yeah, okay, so he was in uh, Don't Hike in the Woods? Yeah, it was like a twist ending. You know, it was like it was a fan film of a dude getting stalked by Jason, and then he runs into an ambulance, dude, and then it's like, it says Tommy, too. Like, it's clearly, like, it's like a weird sequel they tie into. And there's a full, they might have put out a longer one, actually, as of recent. I haven't watched it yet, but it's good. Like, it's shot very well. Like, these fan films are getting good. Better than yeah. what they're putting out in regular theaters. Yeah, man. I, I just talked to a, a, a couple of gals last week, uh, or actually it was this week, about um, a, a fan film that they did. It was called uh, Origin of Evil. They're out of Germany. It's interesting to see people's takes on these films. Yeah, fan um, film of what? Friday the 13th. Oh, cool. They actually continue from part two. Um, I, I guess that's, you know, the, the director, of uh, Francesco Tesaro's uh, favorite film so he just said fuck it i'm gonna oh, i'm gonna continue two. from part two yeah it's, it's ambitious and it's done with people who don't have a ton of experience and that's also admirable because it goes back to you know i was watching the uh the behind the scenes of bloodstab nice <laughs> yeah yeah it, that was a it, good it, time it, yeah, I mean, it looked like it. And Mendez uh, had asked, Steeler, uh, bro. He, he's yeah, man, he's a uh, he, he asked, he basically asked a not so rhetorical question, like how to make my own damn movie. And what did Lloyd Kaufman say? Do what you believe in. Yeah. And like that, that with the fan films is exactly what they're doing because they got nothing to lose. And it's been a recurring theme with everybody I've spoken to from from you to Ben to Reeves to Brandon. And like, again, if you want to make a thing, go fucking make a thing. And, you know, I admire you guys and gals for doing just that. I mean, I'm talking about everybody from, you know, we're no one fucking special. You know, I'm just a asshole from Long Island. And, you know, you're you're our asshole, (laughs) our asshole. And and that's what matters. I mean, if if I if I want to make, you know, a, a, a film with. Like Jessa Flux as the fucking serial killer and invite uh I don't know, Bergio. I, I guarantee they would both consider it. Yeah. You know, if if they didn't Even have they hit me up, you know. Right. So I mean, that's it's like, hey, we're gonna do this. Okay, cool. And that's what I, you know, really do admire and, you know, about you guys. That's kind of why I think we all work together so much as we do. It's like, you know, I did sound on Cuck Island, Weird Deer. Ben, you know, he does art department. He did art department on Cook Island, acting in Cook Island. Weird Deer Reeves, like he's, you know, he directed and wrote Cook Island, but then here he is gaffing and gripping and acting in Weird Deer, you know, and that's what I'm saying. They got favorites. They'll probably, you know, we all work as each other's crew too. And it's like, you know, we all still creative and we direct and write, but we also are able to help each other out. And it's like, you know, there's not just the one head of a class, you know what I'm saying? Like we all are able to just kind of work on our own and help each other out. I don't know if you noticed that I just lost my lights completely. 
That's wild. Sexy now. I oh yeah. Hey, I like it though. You see my lights back here, yeah. man. <laughs> we're, we're we're doing it big. But you know, you were talking about um, Weird Deer and Cuck Island and Bring on the Damned. Um, apparently, Cuck Island's been doing really well at these uh, at these screenings. It just won an award. Um, yeah, won two awards. Uh, shout out to John Bergio who got Best Actor, <laughs> uh, non gender specific uh, specific. So, shout out to Bergio. And it was it happened like not long after I watched it. And I just felt like I was part of the in crowd, you know. And we were at Cinema Wasteland, and you know, right after the screening, everyone has a few drinks in them. The guy who ran it, you know, had a few drinks in him. We're all just kind of joking around, talking with him. And then I asked him, I was like, "So, what did you think of the sound?" And then he just like he was talking to Reeves about something. We're like we're all in a circle, and he just comes right into my face, and he goes, "You know, there's two things that like that got this movie in. One was Bergio's penis." Because he, he paused it, he said he paused it and couldn't stop laughing. And the second thing was the good sound. And I was like, "Damn!" He's like, "All these movies, all they're usually terrible sound. You guys had good sound." So I was like, "Yeah." So I don't want to go off on a rant here, James. All right, but sound work has to be the unsung hero of the horror film. Okay, and remember when I asked you about the film that like got you on your path to filmmaking, yeah. or or at least horror? Yeah. Um, well, when I go back to Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, it's it's not just a guy with a pitchfork, you know, wearing the the pillowcase over his head, murdering horny camp counselors. No. <laughs> uh, but the music was masterful. Harry Manfredini was a fucking god, and like the not only the music. But the creaks of the boards, as you I mean, know, yeah, all that sound is, you know, repurposed. Like, all that sound is made in post. You know, probably any God. of the sounds you hear are all done in post. And it's so important to the film. Yeah, it's like, like, little, it, yeah, like people, I remember. Um, I think it was. I'm gonna say Men in Black too. I can't remember for the first or second one, but I was watching the DVD when I was mad young, and they showed like foley work, and they're like all their footsteps they're making. People are making those noises. And that was the first time ever in my life I was like, they don't, those footsteps aren't just Will Smith's footsteps. It's actually someone with like two pieces of wood clacking it together. And it makes you think about like, so like everything you watch, I mean, any sort of sound that's like not coming out of someone's mouth. Sometimes even the sounds coming out of people's mouths are all done in post-production. Well, I need to know about some of this magic, man, because like the, the more that I dig into it, the more I'm surprised, you know, just think about this. Like we as humans associate sounds with, you know, happiness. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the pitter patter of, you know, kids feet upstairs. Right. Yeah. I, mean, I guess it's only really happy if you actually have kids. Uh, like no, if you don't, no if you kids. don't have no kids, you know, kids that, that same pitter patter is the last thing you want to hear. Right. Especially <laughs> if they're laughing, if they're laughing, yeah. forget about it, you know, but just think about it. You know, the oldest prank in the book, it can be summed up, with one word, boo, right? Ah, Hiding behind a couch, yeah. behind a door, you know, waiting for your perspective. Sound, yeah. yeah, waiting for your perspective victim to just get comfortable enough to have a minor. Your brain's almost theory. programmed to just already know danger off of here. You exactly, this is exactly what I wanted to get at. Um, you know, you're just, just think, you know, the German airplanes during World War II, they had a siren that just as they're making a dive to attack, the, the siren's blaring, and it was done to basically break the morale of the enemies. Okay, a oh, sound. Oh, people, wow. Yeah, a sound. And, like, when I was in boot camp, 
we, you know, we'd be doing everything we're supposed to be doing, but our chief petty officer or what most people would identify as a drill instructor, you know, he, he'd randomly hit the, uh, the Darth Vader theme. Or what is it? The death really? march? <laughs> the, yeah. The empire, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Dun, yeah. Dun, so dun, 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 exactly. And when that music <laughs> happened, we're down in push-up position. Damn. Right. And, and it was bananas. Because we knew awesome about... and terrifying. <laughs> it, it is so terrifying because not only that, but it's almost like a Pavlovian response where it's like this sound happens. We know to get in push up position because we're about to get beat. B-E-A-T. Basically, educate and train. It means we're going to do push ups out the ass. We're going to do squats. We're going to do a whole bunch of shit because we fucked something up earlier in the day and didn't realize it. So <laughs> that's just how it went. Yeah. But but yeah, we'd get this immediate dreadful feeling and sound gets you in that fearful mood long earlier uh you know texas chainsaw massacre i always immediately go to that that i still i've definitely read about what made that sound i still can't think of what it is but it's that initial like with the in the trailer it's like when the cameras are going off but it's like that i don't even how to describe it it's like the whatever that sound is they were making like it's in the beginning of the movie you know and it's like that eerie like noise always just like i can i feel it almost in the back of my neck you know what i mean well that's that's just the thing i mean sound is what drives a film you know and like just there's something called and 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 i hope you know something about this because i don't understand enough i've attempted to understand how infrasound works okay infrasound infrasound it's like a dog whistle sort of but it, I guess it's probably frequencies, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of like better described as, you know, an extreme bass frequency, I guess. Um, it's out of hearing range of humans, but somehow still gets a reaction from us. And I was reading a project done by Isabella Sills. She breaks it down really well. Um, and yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to reach out to her and, like, if, if I can get her on. Yeah, I want to know how I can me like sounds you can't hear but like it's still it's still affecting you yeah so it's like i mean we're all vibrations right if you really think about it and we react positively or negatively to different vibrations i don't know if this sounds like a bunch of horoscope shit but i mean it's worth listening to right and if i can get her on i'm gonna shoot you an invite as well I because i want to somebody to be able to talk about sound coherently and, and like you know, you know yeah, you do something like the storyboards that I made. I mean, I edited all the sound. Like, there's no sound that that's in that that wasn't like I didn't find online or how to record myself. You know what I mean? Because right. storyboards, I had to like between the music and making like an environment. And and, and it, I wish more indie films did care about sound. And luckily, I know Curse the Weird Deer does because I I talk to Ben every week <laughs> and Cuck Island too. Like we always made sure it was good sound. Um, and the, I guess I don't know, any advice I can give is to always just make sure it's as good as you can. The three things I always try to avoid is you want no reverb. Try to make sure it's as clean as possible so there's no wind, music blasting, you know. And I guess like the third one is just. Yeah, I can play. Can with, but those are really the two. It's like just make sure you get it really clean and make sure there's no reverb because reverb is almost impossible to fix in post-production completely. And there's a lot of fans or there's like some sort of like dog barking or buses like don't just just do it one more time. Just just do it again because <laughs> that shit's going to haunt you, you know, later on so many times. And like my biggest pet peeve that people 
come up to me on set where I'd be like, um, hey, the something there's a bus, a plane, whatever. And they'll be like, is it bad? I'm like, yeah, it's bad. I'm telling that's why I'm here. <laughs> and they always ask me, like, how bad is it? I'm like, if it wasn't bad, I wouldn't be telling you about it, you know? Well, that's probably, you know, a, a good place to to stick a pin in this one. It's always yeah. interesting to see the differences between, you know, directorial approaches of a guy who say might have been a sound guy or, you know, versus who might have been. You know, Getting good sound isn't hard. You just got to just focus on it and just either get someone to do it or just do it. You know, um, I guess I'll leave it on this quote that always sticks with me. It's a quote by Lloyd Kaufman. I forgot. He didn't say it to me directly. I just heard him over here. I overheard him say it once. And it's like, if you got important dialogue, shoot some of it in a close-up <laughs> so you can get the booming closer. So if you got important. So that always sticks with me. He's full of a lot of good tidbits. Yeah. A lot of them. And, but yeah, you, to your point, you know, you being a sound guy versus a guy who might've been maybe a camera guy. Or somebody who might have been a screenwriter. Uh, just everybody brings something to the table. And I think you've got a lot to bring to the table. I'm looking forward to seeing what you work on. Uh, uh, what comes so of... Uh, oh, no doubt, my man. And, of course, you know, when uh, if we can get uh, the, the special sound lady to come on, you're invited yeah, back. And me too. You should come on Totally Tunulars. Talk about uh, some cartoons. Talk about hey, some it, If I have anything to offer, I'll gladly offer it. And... Yeah, just uh, reach out. I'll reach out to you. And guys, I want to thank you very much for listening to this episode. Yeah. This is James Boylan. He's he's an absolute badass. I hope oh, you love his work. Oh, badass, thanks. <laughs> before before we dip, tell everybody where they can find you on your, your socials or maybe even where they can find your work. Yes, everything is at Fantasy Shed on Instagram. Uh, that's where I post all the podcasts we do. Um, on Spotify, the Fantasy Shed Podcast Network. That's where we got Make So Diff, Married with Ben and James. Uh, totally recommend this dude. Blunt Smoker video. And then, of course, Totally Tunular because we got the 100th live stream extravaganza. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. A bunch of stuff coming out. And go vote, too, on our Instagram. Go pick a show. And pick Teen Titans. Don't listen to Ben. Don't pick Cat Dog. And don't listen to me. Don't pick Beavis and Bloodhead. <laughs> I mean, I'm, you know, I'm just picking you know off of you know, all the favorites from, from the past, but <laughs> I know you guys are going to put together a hell of an episode. Congrats on 100 oh, on hitting thank the century mark. So guys, that's going to do it for this episode. I want to thank James Boylan for being oh, with me you. for the last hour and a half. Um, a lot of things he could be doing on a Thursday night, but oh, this is he, great. I love it. He's I'd here with me. Boring everyone else anyway. Absolutely. But I wouldn't have it any <laughs> other way. So you know what to do listeners go forth and may you drink the blood of your enemies from the skulls of their children.